0: All right, we're going to take a little break from uh, Ecclesiastes today because it's all vain anyway, right? Now I'll share, uh, the, the elders and I had a meeting this week and we were talking about, uh, some questions came up just about details of, of what the Gathering Place Network is looking like and what, uh, you know, what, I'm, what I mean when I, say, when I talk about what I'm doing, some of the things that I say from the from the pulpit, so, uh, so we prayed uh, this week, and uh, Will and I both got a word from the Lord, and I'll share mine here in a little bit as a part of what I shared today um, about uh, just detailing this out for you so you can understand what we mean when we talk about the Gavin Place Network, because this is your ministry, and it, and you support it, and, uh, and also there are more things that you can do to support it, so I want to uh, talk about that, talk about ways that you can be a part of this ministry. I love what we are singing this morning, man. It just uh, the theme for my last couple of weeks has, has been centered around uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, end of chapter 2 and verse 3, uh, which I, I, I happened upon in my quiet time, and the Lord would not release me from it, uh, because it really defined kind of what, uh, what I'm doing and what we're doing as a church. Um, not just in the Gavin Place Network, it's what I'm doing to represent us, but it's what we have been called to do in a way we've been called to live uh, in this community and in in relationship to other people. And the the passage says, I I never grabbed this particular part of this passage before, but it talks about uh, us being in the procession of Christ. So he's the victor and and he's leading the procession and we are in the procession of Christ. Uh, as a spoil of war, so to speak. But also, he says, we are the fragrance of the knowledge of God. Okay, now, I don't know how much you hear me say this. So I want you to hear me clearly today. There are different words in the Scripture, and you can do a, a study uh, on words. You can you just Google um, knowledge or to know uh, in the, in the, the Greek. Just Google it, and you'll see all different types of knowledge that are described and words that are used to describe knowledge in the Bible. But the type of knowledge that this passage was talking about is the kind of knowledge that we talk about in in the abiding cycle. It's a knowledge of God by experience through obedience. I hope that that flows out of your mouth on a regular basis. Like, I can't even say knowledge of God without going all the way through and saying, by experience, through obedience. Because that's what we're talking about. That's what we are committed to be and to gain as a church. So, the challenge before all of us is to stay connected to God, abide in Him, remain in Him. That is, remain intimate, literally the Bible describes this knowledge as intercourse, like Adam knew Eve. So we're not talking about the kind of intercourse we're talking about, but we're talking about deep intimacy, like ongoing, remaining is another word that's used for abiding. We are remaining in in intimate connection with Christ. So it's constant obedience, constant obedience. So Christ is our perfect example that he never stepped outside of that. He was always obeying what the Father said. He said, I do nothing on my own. I want do what I see the Father doing. Does that make sense to everybody? So that's, our, that's who we are. And the fruit of that, the first fruit of that is we get to see God-exclusive activity in our life, which is the fruit of the Spirit. That's something we can't produce ourselves. The Spirit produces it through us. It's also the fruit of new believers. Uh, it's, the, it's the fruit of, uh, of uh, the gifts that the Spirit gives us to operate in, in ministry. So all, everything that's in the Christian life is based on this idea of abiding in Christ. And then what we gain from that is this knowledge of God. And so, so Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians that we are the aroma of the knowledge of God. In the procession of Christ, there was a, you know, there was in, in a procession of a king who, who won a victory, there was, a, there was incense being spread out So that people will be drawn in to see this this victor. And that's who we are. We are the aroma of Christ. And he says that there are two types of people that are smelling us, if you will. There are those that are being saved and there's those that are perishing. And to those who are being saved, we are literally, those of us who are abiding in Christ, not just in our minds and not just agreeing with the concept, but we really are coming to know God by experience through obedience. We are this aroma that people who are being saved are looking for. It's, it's the smell that is a sweet smell in their, in their nose. But to those that are dying, are perishing, who don't know the Lord, then, then it's a, it is a smell of death to death is what the Bible says. Now some of us have come out of having heard preachers like I used to be who preached death all the time. Like the sermons that I preached were the knowledge of God by intellect, not the knowledge of God by experience. And that smells nasty to someone who's desiring God, whose spirit has been transformed. And we all knew it when we were in it. You know, uh, Brian uh, Scoggin, our, our, our uh, pastor-to-be in, uh, in Georgia, Last week was telling me that when, when he was not, he, he felt something was wrong with the church and there was a lot of stuff in his mind, but, but and then whenever he started abiding in Christ, all of a sudden he started feeling his spirit come into life and he says, It's like a, uh, what, how do I explain that? And he had a nice, uh, charismatic brother who said, Well, that's the second gift. You know, you, you just now got the Holy Spirit. Of course, we totally disagree with that, right? Yes, you get all the Holy Spirit whenever you receive Christ. He's a free gift, you get him. And so it's not that, what is it? Here's, the, here's what the, word, the Lord has shown me the last couple of weeks. It is that he's been hearing preaching that is not based on, not coming from a knowledge of God by experience. And so there's no aroma to that. Tozer talks about that all the time in different language. But this idea of the reason why when, when I preach to you about Christ when I do it correctly, that you feel something in your spirit come into life. It's like, man, yes, this is who we are. It's what we're about. This is who I am. It's what I want in my life. It's because it's, these, this, is the, this is the knowledge of God by experience. I'm not sharing with you something I learned in the seminary. I'm sharing with you the result of something I learned in the seminary and walking in the spirit. All right? Does that make sense to everybody? Okay. I don't want to be too philosophical today, but I want to set that up because... That's what we're offering. That's, that's what you have to offer to the world around you. It's what we have to offer to the world around us. And it's amazing that God is bringing us to places where we're able to do this. So I want to remind you of some things. First of all, this call from my life came out of our study in the book of Acts. Y'all remember us talking about that? So in the book of Acts, I've started seeing Paul and Peter and Barnabas, all these guys going out. And what they were doing was they were, uh, this ministry that they, this experience that they had had with the Spirit in Jerusalem is now being spread. They're taking it and spreading it to other cities and towns. Of course, people who were in Jerusalem, who, were, who came and, and saw what the Lord did. You know, Jews from every nation came, are now being dispersed and going back to their hometowns. And so, Paul is going to say, let's keep this thing alive. And in some places, let's start this thing. And, and let's, let's, let's learn how to walk in the Spirit. Learn how to abide in the Spirit. And so, that, that's where my call for this ministry came from. Um, and God is taking me. Listen, he's taking me to the right places. You know, Paul got interrupted sometimes in his journeys where the Spirit wouldn't allow him to go one place and he would lead him somewhere else. We are seeking God's Spirit. We are waiting on the Spirit to tell us where to go. Really, for a year, I felt like there was going to be nothing. <laughs> you know, kind of little, little something here, a little something there. Nothing seemed to be taking. But then all of a sudden, the Lord you know, got a hold of things and, and I think it was fixing me in some ways. But But God's taking me to the right places and I... I, I'm feeling what Paul felt, that the leadership of the Holy Spirit to a place, and, and I'm able to recognize that. And, and when, when I get there, the person is, he smells what I'm putting out. <laughs> so, he smells that aroma. She smells that aroma, and all of a sudden, man, this is what they've been looking for. And there are people all around you that are doing the same thing are desiring the same thing. We just got to abide in Christ so that aroma gets out in this community. And Paul was teaching them to abide in Christ and to do the same distinctives that were going on in Jerusalem. You Abide in Christ and these same distinctives will show up. Right? What was happening in Jerusalem with people meeting in homes together, uh, sh- breaking bread, uh, praying, fellowshipping, uh, committing themselves to the Word. That's what th- happens when the Holy Spirit when we're abiding in the Holy Spirit. So Paul's going to different places and saying, okay, let's abide in the Holy Spirit. These are some distinctives that are going to be true. And you will feel them and sense those things coming out of you if you're abiding in the Spirit. And so that's what's happened with us. Really, what's, what's going on with us, there's some history behind us. Look at this. I, I've, I've cr- created a few statements I want us to, to look at because this, is, this is, will define some of what we're giving away whenever I go to a new place. So first of all, I'll share our history. The Gathering Place Network was formed uh, after many years of conviction about the state of the modern church in America. And I, with a small group of leaders, planted the first Gathering Place church in Pineville in 2007. And the goal of the church was this, was to allow God to have access to a group of believers for literally an experiment in church planting. And this small congregation was committed to search the Scriptures and follow the leadership of the Spirit to learn how to be biblical community. Not just to follow a model, but to search the Scriptures and ask the Lord what do we need to be as a church? And God created something simple and beautiful. And then we're trying to encourage more believers to have this experience. So so far, that's, that's where, where I'm going. We're going out to try and encourage other believers to do the same thing, to let the Holy Spirit learn how to walk in the Holy Spirit and let the Holy Spirit show you how to, how to build your church. A lot, of, a lot of people don't trust that. And, and this is a new ministry for us, and it's a great ministry. It's a ministry that doesn't exist that I know of, where people are not going to try and create another model like a gathering place church that carries our name and becomes just like us in every way. And so we were talking about this the other night at the elders meeting. You know what does, it, what does it mean to be a gathering place church? Well, the gathering place Wardville is what it means. They're not exactly like us. If you walked into their service today, you would have a very different experience in their, in their service. But there are certain distinctives that the Lord has given to the gathering place like he did to the church of Jerusalem And the same ones uh, he gave to the church of Jerusalem. And we are trying to walk in those. And then whatever else the Lord leads us to do in our own church body with our people and whoever he wants to call into our church is what we do. And so far God has has been leading me. And he's been leading me very uh, clearly. And there's really been uh, a a refining of this leading. Like God has, I was thinking that, you know, when we were working in Ruston and God called us to be there, and that work was, is still as significant as it ever was because God called us to do it, and we obeyed. But when I was there, I was thinking God was going to bring a pastor there, that that church would form into one body, and that God would bring a pastor there eventually, and I would stay there until that pastor was ready, and then I would move out, and he would move in. And, man, God just all of a sudden, since that changed, has been redefining what I do. What I'm doing is investing in one person. God brings me to a one. So in Honduras, God brought me to Dario, who, is, who has influence over all, uh, many churches, 40 pastors, different pastors have been with us uh, in our time down there. 40 pastors have heard some portion of what the Lord has led us to teach. But Dario understands all of who we are. And so he, he is our person on the ground. In, in Romania, we have uh, Elian who God gave us. It was, it was a gift from the Lord. Un- totally unexpected, but he's, he smelled the aroma, and it's amazing how open he was. And I've shared this with you guys before. There's some, some people who have been with me for years talking about abiding that still are hesitant or don't do it or whatever. Man, is dug in, and every week when I talk to him on the phone, he just lights me up with his knowledge, how God is showing him what abiding is. And so he's over churches in Romania, and how, however that forms, he's going to be doing that. And then in Georgia, uh, you know, just recently, Brian and Ivy, uh, a couple that God put us with, and now so and Sarah, two couples, uh, same experience. God sent me to them, and they were ready. And it was, it's amazing because you know how hard it is sometimes to explain who we are to people. But these people were not only ready to receive it, they understood it quickly and they, their hearts were bought in immediately. And so in each one of those cases, what I've done is I've gone back as many times as necessary to make sure they're grounded in certain things. And that is the distinctives that God's given us. So this past week, uh, well, and then, and then God gave me scriptures. First of all, one was uh, in uh, the story of Cornelius. Right when I was beginning this ministry, God gave me the story of Cornelius and Peter. And if you don't remember the story, I'll just summarize, okay? So Peter is praying, and God gives him a vision uh, of a sheet that drops down from heaven. And there's, uh, there's unkosher food, and, and God is telling Peter to eat it. And Peter says, no, I've never touched any of that stuff. And God, he says, it's unclean. And God says, don't call unclean what I call clean. Now, the reason why God gave Peter that dream is because right after that, he went to, God was leading him to go to a Gentile's house to share the gospel. A Gentile. Unclean. Right? People that Jews don't mess with. And God's saying, I'm going I'm to bring a, con- a conversion here. Don't call unclean what I call clean. So it was bringing him to a person. To Cornelius. But also... And Cornelius is having his own experience with God. He's a God-fearing man, and, and he is seeking God, and God speaks to Cornelius very specifically and says, send some men to go get Peter, I mean, very specifically, go get Peter and bring him here and hear what he has to say. And so he gets Peter in his house, and what happens? This magical moment, this incredible experience where a man who had been led to seek Another man's uh, words, and a man who was sent to give the word of God to uh, that man is. They're having this experience together, and the whole family uh, ends up believing in Christ and receiving Christ. All right, that's that. God gave me that story to say: wherever you go, wherever I send you, there's going to be a Cornelius. There's going to be a somebody who is going to be ready to receive you because I've been working in their life and every place I've been, this is what's been happening. The people that I'm sharing with, at some sometime in the conversation, they will either go like Dario did, man, I've been I've been hearing this from the Lord over and over again. I just needed somebody to tell me that it's right. Uh, uh, Brian told me the other day on the phone, just a couple of days ago on the phone, he said, man, I've been, you know, I, I've had this in my heart forever. I just didn't know how to express it. And And so... It's over and over again, this is happening. God's putting this message in the hearts of people. And so, when, I, when I'm going out, just know that's, that's what's happening. And then this past week, well, this morning, in John chapter 4, this was sweet. God, God gave me this passage. I don't have this one up here because it was this morning, but listen to this. John chapter 4, if you want to read it, uh, verse 23, or look it up. This is the story of the woman at the well came up in my readings this morning. This is what Jesus said. And I think this describes what we're doing and who we are. He says, but the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers, true worshipers, will worship, uh, true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. All right, we, we know that. And that's what, that's what differentiates, I think, what we do From what we used to do. We used to worship. But we didn't worship in spirit and truth. We we weren't really. Engaging and coming to know God. And the words were dead. And our experiences were dead. but, But now we're worshiping in spirit and truth. We're really worshiping because we know the God we're singing about. We've experienced him this week. And we're singing about characteristics that we know he has. Because we've seen him. And then he says this. Listen, listen. this is the last, verse, last part of the verse is what really got me today. All right, so worshiping spirit and truth. And then it says, God is spirit. Okay, I'm sorry. No, next verse. But the, uh, the let's see, Father. All right. But the hours come to blah, 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 worship spirit and truth. Four, the Father is seeking such people to worship him. I don't know if you guys are feeling that. But on the heels of what I'm prepared to say to you today, man, I thought, As so, I never saw that before. The Father is seeking such people to worship him. Like he's out there finding these people. And so our job is just to go be the, the voice of God to these people that the Lord is finding. Like he found this man in Romania and through the, through the uh, variety of circumstances, he brought us over there. To talk to this man because he was seeking. God was seeking him and he was seeking uh, God. He was seeking to worship God in spirit and in truth. He knew that what he was experiencing had a a deadness to it. And and by the way, just pray pray for him. Because this past week as we were talking, he was sharing frustration because his church wants him to be about the building. And about the coffee and about all these things to keep people coming to the building. And he's get, he's, he's, he has smelled something different. And, and it's tough. And, and the Lord spoke clearly that morning through a devotional that I, I read right after I talked to him about how the people in the church will hold the purse strings because he's struggling because his salary is paid by these people. I know that. I've been there. But, but there are people that God has out there. God is seeking. And we get to be the ones, the voice of God that goes to them and says, listen, I know you're going to think this is weird, and, and, and you're going to wonder, how the, could this circumstance happen or this coincidence happen? And we're able to say, it wasn't a coincidence. You are a Cornelius, and I'm your Peter, and I'm coming from the church of Jerusalem to say, it, this is God, and you can do this. That whole church the other day in, in Georgia needed, needed permission from somebody to, to believe that being in a church in a house was Okay. All of them are still members of another church. They need somebody to say, it's okay for you to pursue God and God alone. It's all right to abide in Him, and whatever He produces is good. It's going to be biblical, it's going to be right. Stay in the Word, immerse yourself in the Word, and abide in Him. And then this past week, after after the elders and I met, uh, the next morning, as I was praying about should I speak tonight, I mean, today or not, uh, because Will asked me to pray about it. I came into Exodus chapter 18, which I'm reading right now. Just through, I'm in the book of Exodus in the Old Testament readings. And look at it with me in verses 19 to 27. <laughs> Not coincidence, okay? It's going to make sense based on everything I've just said. He says, now obey my voice. This was Laban giving advice to Moses, who had been meeting and to hear all the complaints of all the people. Now obey my voice, Moses. I will give you advice and God will be with you. And God be with you. You shall represent the people before God and bring their cases to God. And you shall warn them about statutes and laws and make them know the way in which they must walk and they must do and what they must do. Moreover, look for able men from all the people, men who fear God. Cornelius is described that way. Men who fear God, who are trustworthy and hate a bribe and place such men over the people as chiefs of thousands and hundreds and fifties and of tens. And let them judge the people at all times. Every great matter they shall bring to you, but any small matter they shall decide themselves so it will be easier for you. And they will bear the burden with you if you do this, God will direct you and you will be able to endure and all this people also will go to their place in peace. And so Moses listened to the voice of his father-in-law. That's rare in scripture. Listened to the voice of his father-in-law and did all that he said. Moses chose able men out of all Israel and made them heads over people, chiefs of thousands, of hundreds, of fifties, and of tens. And they judged the people at all times. Any hard case they brought to Moses, but any small matter they decided themselves. Then Moses let his father-in-law depart, and he went away to his own country. is that sweet? I don't know if y'all get goosebumps by that. But all the things that God's been telling me that we need to be about in the Gavin Place Network, this ministry of spreading this to the rest of the world, wherever that is, if it's a town close to us, or it's a city in another country far away. It's the same thing. God has able men who he wants us to appoint, to give them the statutes and laws and the ways that God gave us. And that's what what I'm doing. I'm representing you to do that everywhere that I go. So we have one person at this point in each of these places, who I'm spending my time focusing on that one person. So I now have a meeting every week with Dario and with, with uh, Elian and with uh, Brian and with Justo, waiting on Justo, have offered the opportunity. Uh, so those meetings are to help them flesh this stuff out. So if there's anything big that they're experiencing like Elian did this past week, then he can we can talk about it. I can tell him by my failures and whatever successes the Lord has given us, how to, how to handle that. So in addition to that, we have one purpose. This is what we're doing when we're overseas. All right, again, I've written these statements out, and I want you to see these. These are the things that we're focusing on. First of all, our mission. This is our mission of the Gathering Place Network. Our mission is to help organize believers into simple, grace-based biblical communities that abide in Christ together for the purpose of knowing him by experience. Gathering places may take various forms, but we believe the form that best fosters biblical community happens in the context of intimate meetings in homes. And whether we are planting a new church or working with an existing church, our goal is to help believers discover the personal touch of God in biblical community and to rediscover the wonders of his person through it. I, w- I will give you a copy of that if you like. I think that's it's well carefully crafted and it expresses what we're doing, what our mission is. So we're all about building gathering places. Now a gathering place doesn't may not ever be a nonprofit organization, 501 C three church that meets in a building like us. Sometimes they will be. The gathering place, Wardville, is that. They also may not take our name. But what we're trying to create is not churches like this building, uh, like this, the people in this building. We're not trying to create a church that looks like us. We're trying to lead people to know God and to walk with Him in obedience And let him form that church. However it's going to look. And so we're not going away. Trying to create a duplicate. Of the model here. Everybody understand that? Say oh yeah. Okay. I hope you heard that. I want you to understand that. We're not creating a model. In somebody else's town. We have one goal. And it's to create the thing. In the hearts of those people. That will create their own model. Based on scripture. So. That's our mission. So, also, this distinctive will always be a part of anything that we do in the Gathering Place Network or are at the Gathering Place, and that is abiding in Christ. The Gathering Place Network works to lead individual believers to abide in Christ. Abiding in Christ could be defined simply as remaining obedient to the commands of Christ. Though this doesn't seem complicated, we understand Most believers have substituted simple obedience to Christ with obedience to religious rules that did not even come from Christ. The result is that those believers are not producing the fruit of the Spirit in their lives. And the most tragic effect of this type of religion is that people never experience the ultimate fruit of obedience, which is knowledge of the beauty of God that is revealed through obedience. John fourteen twenty one. So we have resource The abiding cycle, by the way, is going to be in print for $2.70. Hopefully by the 15th of April, we're going to have actual hard copies that you can give for $2.70 and, and give out. Uh, but that's our tool. So use it. You know, that's what I'm going to do. I, the reason why I'm finally doing a hard copy of the book is because I'm out there trying to help people to understand what does it mean to abide in Christ when they just need to read the book, you know, let, and pray that God will take that soul that's already hungry and that God has led us to, and they will dive in to the abiding cycle and begin to understand and ask the right questions. And so you also have that too. But that's everything that we do. Listen, I have come to this conclusion. Let me say a word first about the abiding cycle, okay, because I want to make sure you understand this. I did not write the abiding cycle. I mean, I know i pinned it. I typed it into the computer. But that came through months and months of just asking the Lord, please give us a language to communicate what, we're, what, you're, what you've led us to do because it's so hard to communicate this to, to people, right? If you've struggled to try and communicate abiding to people, I, I appreciate the struggle. Brian and I were talking this past week, and, and he was telling me about how he had a conversation and he told me what he said in the conversation about abiding. And I thought, Ugh. yes, but don't share it until you understand it. You know, dive into it. You know, get it in your heart first. And, and then we had a discussion about where he was a little confused. And he said, man, I've never even thought about that that way. And so people need that. They need a tool to help them do that. So please we're printing these copies so you can hand them to people, not because that's going to make my name famous. I couldn't care less about that. It's so that these truths will get into the hearts of people. And and look, I've already fleshed this out more than anybody in this building, probably, just because I'm older. And I've been at it longer. And so I'm sure I'll have more to give at some point, and it'll even be better, but use that. We need to use that. And so abiding is the core of what we do. And and what the Lord has shown me is, watch this. If I only have one weekend where I get to pour into somebody's life, and my goal is to help them to understand how to be the kind of church that God has created here, if I only have one thing to do, it needs to be teach them how to abide. Right? Right? The rest of it is fruit. Everything else that we do in the church is fruit. And Jesus said, if you abide in me, you will produce the fruit. So we don't need to spend time talking about all the things that church, our church looks like until they understand how to abide in Christ. Because if they'll do that, the fruit will pop up. I'm done. I'm going somewhere else. And I'm, I'm convinced as I've been working with churches and people that this is the struggle that Paul was having. He says, Paul would go and he tells us in Colossians chapter 1 clear, more clearly than the others that when he prays for the church, this is what he prays for, that they would abide in Christ, that they would understand the mysteries of his will, that they would be obedient to that and produce the fruit that comes from that to, so that they can, can see the beauty of who God is, deepen their knowledge of God. And so Paul, Paul's letters were to, to correct anything that was stopping that from happening. That was happening in its purest form in Jerusalem. So that's what, we, that's what we're doing. Abiding in Christ is going to be the first thing we do when we step into any situation. So when I go, that's what I do. So I present our mission. I present abiding. Grace is the next distinctive. The Place Network understands that a proper understanding of grace is necessary for believers to fully release themselves to the lordship of Christ. Jesus is Lord, and our submission to him as such does not alter his his lordship. But God's intent was always that men would have hearts that are surrendered to him because they see the beauty of his character. This kind of surrender has been made possible by the work of Jesus on the cross. Ezekiel 36. Grace is one beautiful characteristic of God. And that we found many believers do not understand completely. And we believe that it's foundational when it comes to abiding in Christ. And so there are a couple of resources that we also give out. And I have given out to the people that, that we're ministering to. Where the uh, gathering place work the network is, is, being, uh, is having an effect. And we understand that here. The grace has changed our lives, Right? I mean, the understanding of the imputed righteousness of Christ is something that a lot of churches around the world don't understand. It is transforming the way pastors in Honduras are doing ministry in their churches. It's transforming Elian's life right now in Romania, and consequently will affect all the pastors that he has any connection with. It's changing uh, Brian and Scoggins, uh, Brian and Ivy's lives right now. So life and I were just able to just keep driving home the truth of grace, which they had never heard before. And, and it's, it is necessary, and it is the message that we're sharing. So everywhere we go, we're spreading the message of grace. And then we're also spreading the message of community. The Garden Place Network understands that biblical disciples find themselves in intentional community with other believers. You're going to find yourself there if you're abiding in Christ. Our goal is to help believers understand biblical community, and aid in the formation of communities within existing churches, or in the addition, in addition to existing churches. We are also involved in planting gathering place churches in the United States and abroad. Wherever doors open, we're willing to prayerfully consider helping to plant a biblical community. Already, the Lord has given us a couple of resources. One is we are, we already have teachers available in our two churches in in Louisiana to help leaders anywhere in the world to understand uh, how to do community uh, and and to train pastors and leaders. And in Romania, my first experience there this last time was to meet with a church group that uh, Elian had started. He didn't even know, I mean, a a school that he had started, and he didn't even know I was going to be there. And they were already planning to meet, and I, I was able to lay out a abiding, and it blew their minds, and it blew Elian's mind. And then uh, I connected him with the one gypsy pastor that we were with and before we left, and we had conversation about us planting churches in that community and him discipling the men that would lead these house churches. And Elian told me a last, last, uh, couple of weeks ago they had their, their first meeting since that meeting, and that gypsy pastor had three other uh, men. So four, people, four men from the community that we're trying to plant churches in were, were there to hear Elian talk about abiding in Christ. So, I mean, it's, it, that's, there's a school already in Romania. I believe the Lord will do that. We have, we have a school, a, you know, a seminary, it's called. They call it in Honduras for these pastors. And regularly we're pouring the same things into their lives. And Dario is overseeing that. So. Those things are the distinctives. We're, we're talking about grace. Abiding. We're talking about community. Those are the main things in the course of the gospel. But when we're, when we're out. Working to plant churches. And working to strengthen churches. Those are the things we're doing. All right, Those are everywhere we go. Those things are happening. Now. When I announce new gathering place churches. It means that we have a person on the ground. When I talk about the fact that we have gathering place churches, it means there's somebody on the ground who has said, I agree with these distinctives and I want to do church this way and has asked for us to help them. Now, we don't, here's how we help them mo- more times than not. Most of the time, we, we help them just by helping them understand these distinctives. That's it. That's really all the Lord's given me to do is to help them understand that in a way that they can walk in that. And let God form whatever he's going to form. But then also that they can give it away. All right. So so we have 12 churches. I've said we have 12 churches. Well, I said we had 10. Now we have 12 churches in Honduras. Because we had two new pastors who came this last time and sat in our training and bought in. They bought in to what we were talking about. These distinctives are what they want in their church. They're not calling themselves the gathering place. We have no responsibility for them in the sense of uh funding or any of that unless we desire to to help them they have we have no liability that's tied to any of these churches uh, but they are our churches they are the gift that God's given us they're the people that God brought us to in that country who are ready to smell the aroma that we're putting out and they bought in uh now the the is in Georgia are probably going to be two gathering place churches they will probably take the name but nothing changes they're in the same way they are still connected to us because of the distinctives that God's given us just like the church in Philippi was not called the church in Jerusalem right same distinctives same holy spirit same principles that allow the holy spirit to move and work and form that church and form their teachings and and guide their their uh, spiritual lives and discipleship what's happening in Philippi and Corinth and Ephesus. Same stuff that was happening in Jerusalem. And we get to stay in contact with them in the same way that Paul did, only better. I don't have to write a letter and wait for somebody to deliver it on a camel. Right? I'm, con- I, I'm able to be in contact with these leaders every week to strengthen the work of the gathering place in those places. So... Um, I, that was a little bit of the confusion that the elders were talking about. We weren't sure what we were talking about when we say churches. Sometimes it's going to be a church. Uh, we're not taking, there's no connection or, uh, in the way of liability or they don't have to be like, uh, in no church, Gavin Place Church, even if they take our name, has to be just like us. It's just these distinctives. Okay? So if you have some questions about that, I'm going I'm to allow you to ask those here in just a minute and, uh, and, and clear that up. But we are doing some things. When I, when I announce that, what I'm saying is that we have a person on the ground who's receiving and multiplying these distinctives. Multiplying them. The things the Lord has given us are being multiplied in other places. Now, it may be starting uh, new gathering place churches like in Georgia. And in those cases, if they, t- they want to call themselves the gathering place and use that name... There are a few other distinctives also, all right? And that's the ones that we talk about in new member training. If you want a copy of those, uh, we can print you a copy. But it's the mission. It's leading people to know God and, we, and in, in the way that we're talking about, it, abiding in Christ, knowing him by experience through obedience. The uh, uh, message is just simple gospel. The motive is the grace and character of God. That's what motivates us to, to complete the mission. Ministry uh, will have different aspects. Uh, Some of the aspects of of ministry, which is also our methodology, uh, can be things like, they can take on any portions of that that they want, but they have to be elder-led is one. Um, They have to have small groups as a major focus in their church in the way that we understand community. So there are a few other little distinctives that they take on if they're going to take on our name. And then they have to be willing to multiply and be missional Spending majority of their money outside the church. And, and, uh, and so that's uh, what makes them gathering place churches. Uh, so if they're going to be a church that k- takes our name, they'll have a few more distinctives. But again, there's no uh, other connection for us other than what the Lord's shown us we're taking to other places. Uh, so uh, other works that we're doing. Uh, again, we're working to start new small groups. Um, we are supporting financially some places, right? We're giving uh, 600, soon to be 700. Some people are helping us to support this as well to Romania to, to, to uh, fund uh, three people on the ground and, and some s- supplies and things that are needed for the, for the youth in the village where we're working. We're paying Dario in, Rome- in Honduras he, we are, he is a full time employee, employee of ours, uh, again, which means uh, we give direction, but the direction we give are the distinctive. We're not asking him to, we're not telling him how to do what he does. We're asking him to abide in Christ, and we are his accountability in that. And so we're meeting weekly. I'm meeting weekly with him to talk through those things. All right, let me see what else I have. All right, one other thing is, is missions. This has been a, a twist that I didn't expect. So the Gavin Place Network is also seeking to work with existing like-minded humanitarian and mission organizations to make disciples and plant churches. We have a desire to join with Christian organizations who demonstrate the love of Christ through hands-on ministry. And we can do this by offering a more intentional ministry of spiritual development in the places where they serve. We also offer spiritual development as needed for staff and volunteers. Now, that happened organically, and I tried to give definition to it because it looks like it may happen again. I have three other organizations right now, three other nonprofits that the Lord has brought across my path in undeniable ways. And so we'll be praying about connecting with them, but we do one thing. We don't do humanitarian work. We support it, but we don't do it. I'm not going out to, to do mission trips. I'm not going out to, do, um, to bring aid. Or, you know We have a medical team that's going this, to Honduras. That's not me. Uh, we're not building buildings. These are things that these other organizations do and do well. And even when we started working on some things in Honduras uh, towards this medical mission, God brought through the weirdest connections person contacted me and said, they're going to be in Cheetah where we're going to be at the same time. And they do medical mission trips. And they are, they, they've been doing it in Honduras and in Cheetah, our town, for years. And I just found that out this past uh, couple of weeks. Now, I know there's some connection there. Also, a guy, randomly, when I was in a conversation about Romania with a couple of pastors in Chicago, this guy had just gotten back from Cheetah three guys on the phone and one of them had just gotten back from Olin Sheila, our town, and said this is what we do. We have a nonprofit that builds buildings and does construction work and humanitarian aid. (laughs) So all these pieces will come together. But we're willing to to open ourselves up to be a part of that but in the right way. Our goal is one. It's to teach people to abide in Christ, teach them about the grace of God, and teach them how to do community and do it biblically. All right, I'm going to stop and field any questions that you have. The goal of today is that you would get, have a clearer picture of how this is beginning to be, to unfold. Okay, and obviously when you're abiding in Christ, it can unfold in a little bit different way in a few months, right? And, we, and I'll keep you updated. What kind of questions do you have? And I'll repeat these questions if you, uh, so that people on the recording can hear it. Yeah, that's it. Okay. Um, so just to clarify, you're saying that we have a TV network that has its specific distinctives. So if the church is part of that network. They have these distinctives um, that we are teaching them is abiding, grace, and community. Grace. Right, right. Just those three, right? Right. right. That's the six distinctives. Yeah, it's a different commitment. It's it's a it's a stronger connection. Right, the six M's. That's right. Well, the three are in the the three are in the six. Yeah, yeah. It's just a it's a commitment to multiply. uh, So be more missional in their spending. uh, You know, to, to to try to start like in in Georgia, we're asking them to start by by committing half of whatever they start taking in in ties to outside. So they start there rather than have to get there like we did, right? And, they, and, and they've already been very supportive of us in the network financially. And so also these churches will be able to do that. You know, any of the churches that are going to be churches, in the United States anyway, will probably be able to support us, especially if they're a house church because they don't have a building to pay bills on, you know, very limited expenses. And so we're finding out that, hey, that's also a way to support work, us continuing this work out in other places. Like I can, I can go out and, and have my expenses paid for another to do what I did in Georgia with somebody else. So the question was, uh, was what is the difference between, our clarification was the difference between the, the network uh, ministry, and uh, specifically how that applies to people that take our name. And so, yeah. Alright? Somebody else? Everybody understand what I mean by no liability, right? Like we are not, they can't sue us, nobody can sue us if something happens in the church that carries the gathering place name. There's no connection. There's no connection other than spiritual. For us, yeah, Mike. They will be okay. The digital bulletin will have the uh, slides with all those statements on it. Yes, Kara. So, Wardville—they're a church. <laughs> no. All right. So, question is: What is Wardville? They—they they are a gathering place church. They these distinctives all of the six they are in agreement with and functioning with, okay? So the six distinctives that Bethany was asking about, Wardville functions with those. And so, that, again, if any of you have been to Wardville for a service or, uh, and been a part of whatever they do, they're, they're, it, it fleshes out differently. And that's what we want. By the way, I would also consider, I don't know if they would, but I would consider the rock in Pineville, one of our churches. Because Dennis Dunn and I spent years together talking about all these ideas. He understands grace. He understands uh, uh, missions. All, all of our M's, he, he, they're in agreement with. But that's a very different church than us, right? And so there's a lot of freedom within these distinctives for churches to... Uh, to just do whatever the Lord leads them to do in their community now it doesn't mean no accountability in a sense because spiritually that's my job I'm, I'm the Paul of this church right now and, and, and we may eventually have a Peter and a Barnabas and we may have multiples of us going out but and I feel the burden of that you know when Paul talks about his burden for the churches to make sure that they're walking in those things I feel that and so I'm I'm staying connected, answering questions, you know, trying to keep a feel for what's going on and how these things are being fleshed out. Carol? No, good. So is there any other, like, church network? there? Officially, no, Not yet. Yeah. I mean, there are two churches that, Two. when I said the other day that there's two churches, we have two churches in Georgia, they have both committed, leaders on the ground have committed to say, we want to be gathering place churches, carry the name, and lead our people in this way. So, um, the leaders have said that. Now, if the people say that, and they, and they stay with that, you know, then, we're, then they will be they will have those six distinctives and that that will be my job is to spend time with them and make sure they understand those. Go ahead, Bethany. I know you got another one. At least one. No, no, that's good. Right, uh, good question. Like we as members. Right, right, good question, great question. So, um, obviously, yeah, so the question is, what are ways that we as members of the body can support that work and, stay, and, and uh, connect with people from other, ch- other gathering place churches and means of, of support, right? No, no, yeah, like encouragement and yeah, that kind of thing. Well, one that we know is me, okay? I represent you, so I get to do that. But you as members of the church, um, seek the Lord about that because there's some creative things that are coming out of the body right now from, from uh, people that are just praying about, God, what, what can I do? What can I do to help? So one is um, testimonies. Uh, we you know if if you were wanting to give a testimony of how any of these distinctives ha, are, uh, have affected your life or your how your abiding in Christ has changed you or uh, how an understanding of grace has totally changed your perspective, any of those kinds of testimonies we have Hannah Swivel who 's more than more than open and ready to video some of those testimonies that we can send to our churches um, if you 're passing through. We've already had this discussion this week. A couple of our members possibly were going to be passing through Georgia. If you're ever there, it's just to stop and encourage. You know, ask for names and phone numbers. Uh, you know, uh, Talitha came with me this last time. Uh, I really wanted her to be there and they, uh, because I wanted her to connect with Ivy because there were certain issues that they are so alike on. And, uh, but I wasn't g- going to spend the money to get that done. Well, they wanted it bad enough. They, uh, they paid for her way to go. And it was beautiful. And to, to staying connected uh, through text and emails. Um, also, uh, Aaron's writing a book right now of testimonies, of stories, stories of abiding, stories of abiding. Man, there's nothing more valuable than writing down your stories of abiding in a way that they can be read. Okay, not just in the way that you read them. Because like, if it's like my journal, first of all, I can't even read my own handwriting. But other than that, it's just statements and I remember the story but writing in a way where the whole story is told like I do in the last chapter of Abiding Cycle so writing your stories down that we can just stories of abiding that we, that I can share in a moment where there's an experience that someone's having um, I shared y'all's story by the way Kara uh, with Ivy and, and, um, and Brian because they had two foster children in their house and, and they were grieving the whole process of what happens. And and so, I mean, there, there's connections like that that would be really, uh, I think, really helpful. And then whatever else, if the Lord leads you to do something, you know, I'm thinking Kobe and worship and, um, you know, uh, um, Russ has already talked about training leaders, you know, giving any kind of educational stuff that they might need. So one-on-one meetings, uh, you know, are, are easy to do to, to to do it that to connect and teach, uh, which we're all fixing to learn how to do. Like mission, trips to the- mission trips in some of these places, you know, it's, it's the same as also. By the way, you know, so um, Galena Bible Church is not a gathering place church. They don't have all of our distinctives, but they are definitely understanding grace uh, abiding and community the way that we do, and they buy into it. So they're one of our churches. So it's beautiful when we send a mission team up per their request, and they're not going to hear a different kind of teaching. They're going to hear the same teaching reinforced. And so same thing in Honduras when we go there. Well diff- yeah, different times but, um, but first one. Do you talk about like, going to Georgia and talking to those churches that have the desire to become part of the gathering place of network? But they're already established churches. No, no, these the ones in Georgia are not established. These are these are house churches, yeah. Okay. Two houses. Good question. All right, so the question was, is there, are there any plans for people in Gavin Place churches locally to plant more churches in the area or in the state? Always a possibility. And so I want to go back to where, where this starts. There's a Cornelius, and, and, and there's me out there doing what I do. But also there's you. So anytime time that you, you know, if you desire for this to happen, in a, in a location, you you find some people who are smelling what you're putting out and they're saying, man, I want that smell around here, so to speak. <laughs> so gross. <laughs> right? People that are, they, they say, man, I wish there was a church, like, for instance, uh, Mike and Deb's daughter is the reason why we ended up in Ruston. Because they came here and they experienced this and they said, we want something like this here. And so that's, that's initially why we went to Ruston. And so, yeah, we're, we're just following the Lord. So the Lord can bring us anywhere he wants to. Uh, we didn't have, we, Georgia wasn't on the radar. Romania wasn't on the radar. Yeah, just all of a sudden, God opens the door and then we walk into it. And so the same thing can happen for you. And I encourage you to keep your eyes open for that. If you have people who say things that make you think, wow, that's a Cornelius. Then I'm ready to connect with them and get things started. And then invite the congregation to be a part. Locally. Yeah. In fact, there was a local option, opportunity here. That I think we should have gotten. But we didn't. It was a, a location that someone was ready to hand us the keys. And we lost it. Because of s- some other things that happened. <laughs> so, we're, we're ready. We're always ready. Yeah, we're that's what it means to be, to have the distinctive of multiplication. We're not just connecting and holding on, we're we're moving out. Okay, good question. I came up just to kind of add a couple of things, but the conversation kind of already went there. The question uh, was presented is how do we kind of create this um you know we, we refer to wardville as our sister church and so how do we kind of create that and glenn touched on it a little bit but i would say a big part of that is is for you guys as members to pray and ask the lord um one of the discussions that we had in elders meeting is you know one of the things that russ is really passionate about and involved in is um is taking care of children making sure they're safe and so as those churches are or if they desire to follow our distinctives and become a gathering place yeah. church that we have resources available within our two churches that we have now, Wardville and West to help them set up whatever they need in terms of getting to a place like this, if God's leading them that direction. And right. so you guys are the resource for that. It's just, just like we are. Yeah. And same thing with Bethany. I, I, I thought numerous times about Bethany and put her on the spot, but you know, your ministry here is, you've learned a lot by doing the ministry. You're not, you're a whole lot smarter than you were when you started, but because of experience. What God has shown you, I'm saying praise God because you were dumb before. Uh, no. We'll
1: I take think, care of this outside I, you know, later. <laughs> You'll
0: have to deal with that, not me. So, no, but, but Bethany has learned so much, you know, uh, by, and Kyle, by working in this community to be able to pass that on uh, to, you know, that, that that information is invaluable when it comes to dealing with at-risk children. And, and uh, you know, and we have those those experiences to share. I've also thought about, you know, uh, Lucci in uh, working with the youth and his his desire to just have some resources. Just, you know, it's so hard for him to get any kind of resources to use for you to be able to connect with him, uh, which is, uh, you know, I'll talk to you about privately also, but uh, that, that thought came yesterday is that rather than me trying to, us trying to create a curriculum, it'd probably be easier for him for you to, Get a bunch of kids together, do a game, and write, tell him how to debrief that. You know, because that's what those kids are going to want there. Something that's a little more fun, but also has a point. And y'all have done that beautifully here. Uh, so, so it's that. It's who you are. Um, you know, it's, it's taking, taking the gifts and skills that you have and using it in, in those places. It's two good examples. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah, just connect with me and, I, and I'll be glad to uh, pass that information on. And let me, let me warn them ahead of time also just to, just to let them know. But, no, they're, they're very open to, uh, like, Luciano is, is very tech savvy uh, while he's on the road. He, he's, he has messaged me, or face messaged me, Facebook messaged me video Facebook messaged me. <laughs> All the terms. The terms. The social media terms. He emailed me. Yeah. No. Yes. Um, wouldn't it be like appropriate maybe I don't know if that's the right word to do kinda like we have our Facebook group to do one for the T G P network. Just because I'm thinking like that is such a good yeah. way for us to share it's good with each other and mm-hmm. right I think that's really helpful i think it would be really cool to have a place where we can kind of connect. um and even to like i like even maybe having like keeping hours for like yeah oh meetings, definitely yeah you know, and that kind of thing, but another one where we can all be and in that way we all kind of know who the other people are um and then it's good Mm-hmm. Yeah. hmm Yeah, I think if it's a, if it's an, if it's like more like a um um well I mean it's obviously a place where could share yeah. prayer requests and things like that, but I would be hesitant to us to have any kind of personal conversations on that. But yeah. but but maybe offer like stories is a great is that would be a great thing to have just yeah. a I was say it could be like a, um, a page instead of a group because I know they operate a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. Um, but the page could be Yeah. Yeah, no, let's let's talk some more about that. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. No, I would definitely. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah I think that would be good. Right, yeah. Okay, somebody else. Has this helped? I don't know how much, you know, I, I, I apologize first of all because I think um, what happens is like I, I talk to Maddie and Jake all the time because they're my kids. You know, I, I talk to Will and the elders uh, you know, I talk to the worship team every Sunday, and I forget that I don't tell everybody what's going on all the time. So, any time you have questions about what the Lord's doing with the network, feel free to ask that. Um, financially, I'll just report this. You know, the the budget that that I presented to the church, I'm giving for just for accountability. The the elders will serve as a board for the Gathering Place Network. Because it will come, money's coming in from all different kinds of places. So we have a close accountability on that. But also, it's already been blown out of the water, like uh, from the income standpoint. Like I've, I plan on us taking in, I think three thousand dollars for the year from uh, possible places like what's happening in Georgia. We've already taken in over two thousand in the first first month of connection with them. So. Um, I don't know what this is going to look like financially, but we tried to put a proposed budget together to kind of let you know what we're doing. But anytime you have questions about any of the finances too, please ask that. My my salary is funded by the gathering place, um, and,
1: uh,
0: and there's a portion of what we do in ministry. All the ministries are going through the network, so what we do in Galena, what we do uh, in Honduras, in Romania, any of the monies, uh, about 50% of the monies that come into this church tith- through tithes and offerings goes into the network and goes out into missions, all right? So I think you can feel really good about that. I'm, I'm proud of where, the, where you guys have come with that, where we've come as a church, that we're willing to spend a little less on ourselves, a lot less on ourselves to be able to do that. But if you have any questions, please don't ever hesitate to ask about the finances and, and where our money's going. All right, anybody else got a question? All right, I think this was good. Will. I'm just